Welcome to the For the Church podcast, another great gospel-centered resource from Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. My name is Jared Wilson. I teach pastoral ministry at Midwestern, and I'm here, as always, with Ronnie Kurtz, assistant to the regional traveling secretary for the New York Mets. Wow. Yeah. No, you know what I did? Because normally I mash up Dwight Schrute's thing. Yes, yeah. Which is what? Assistant to the... Assistant to the regional manager. Assistant to the regional manager with George Costanza. I know you're not a Seinfeld guy, but he was assistant to the regional traveling secretary. Uh, So before there was Shrew, there was Costanza. Wow. And I just kind of mastered it. No, no, no. I'm here with... (laughs) I'm here with influenza. No, I'm here with Ronnie Kurtz, who is assistant director of marketing. Did I get it right? That's right. Okay. And also managing editor of For the Church. So we have the man himself who pushes the levers and, and the buttons on the machine that is for the church. And we're going to talk today about uh, J.I. Packer, um, just some recollections and remembrances Mm -hmm. as we just lost this giant of the faith. And we want to kind of segue that into more generally the topic of finishing well. I Mm -hmm. think we could say about Packer that there will be no asterisk on his legacy, really. Um, I mean, there's a couple of things, maybe, you know, uh, some controversies that he was involved in. Um, in his ministry and academic life, um, but just as a man of God mm-hmm. and, um, and as a spiritual giant and, and theological giant, uh, there's no there's no caveats there. Yeah. And so to look at his life, um, I think for any you know for any believer, <laughs> uh, especially for uh, you know those in vocational ministry of some kind, you, you want to say, okay, I want to finish like that. That's right. Right. You know, you may not have the same body of work or or be well known like uh, Dr. Packer, but to be able to say, I finished well. So we're going to talk about that for a little bit. First, let's just talk about Packer himself. Yeah, um, Ronnie, I, I, if you ask um, a lot of people who came to the faith, um, say in early adulthood or teenage years, something like that, um, and, and ask them like, w- what books were most influential for them, invariably I hear uh, within a certain generation, um, John Piper's you know, Desiring God or Don't yep. Waste Your Life, something like that. Um, I usually hear R.C. Sproul's The Holiness of God, but the book that comes up the most for the the biggest span is Knowing God. Did Did you read Knowing God? Oh, that, when that's did you my read story. No- okay. Yeah. yeah well, knowing God changed my life more right, tell than the story. any individual book. Not more in than Bible. any individual book. Not in Knowing God. Yep. Wow. Without a doubt. Yeah. Well, tell the story. Yeah. Brother. So I I was um, converted in a church of really godly saints who loved me and and loved. Um, preaching the gospel and taking care of people, but theology was never really the thing there, and um, doctrine was was not really the thing there. And when I got to college, my goal was um, I didn't know anything about really anything when I got to college, <laughs> okay. uh, as opposed to now, obviously, where right, I know right. a lot about everything, so much. of course, yeah. So I, I get to college, and my my goal was to get done with formal education as fast as possible so I could go be a youth pastor back of the church where I was converted. That's the dream. That's be the, the dream. youth pastor. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so I get there. Um, I was kind of the the Shane Claiborne loving, irresistible revolution toting okay. freshman in college who just, I had the stats to make you feel guilty and, you know, the wherewithal to motivate anyone I wanted to plant any garden I wanted kind of thing, you know. <laughs> okay. And, uh, like my, literal gardens. Oh, like yes. In the, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so my freshman year, I honestly don't even remember how I got the copy, hmm. but someone handed me 
uh, a copy of Knowing God, and I wasn't really a reader, to be totally honest. Um, that was never my thing. Um, even growing up, just was was not a reader. But for some reason, decided to read this book. And uh, about halfway through it, I remember thinking and even telling my friends, this guy worships a different God than I do, mm. and his is better than mine. And from that moment on, I was just kind of more and more inclined towards theological and doctrinal thinking. And so it really was knowing God that opened the door for me to kind of pursue theology. And in that pursuit, I found a lot of joy. And so it was really that book that introduced me to theology and that book that introduced me to the life of a reader just in general. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it's no exaggeration to say my life was going one direction. I read Knowing God and it was going a different direction by the time the book was over. That's amazing. So. You know what? It, 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 that kind of reminds me of um, r- right now in the news, there's this deal with uh, Todd White. I don't know if you've oh, seen yeah, that. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and I don't know too much about him. I, yeah. I know he's a, I guess, or has been a quasi prosperity gospel or mm-hmm. kind of a, uh, in, in the charismatic tribe, we might would say. And I think some would say on the you know, extreme end of that. And there's this, this you know, little clip making the rounds. Yeah. I don't know much about White. Prior to the clip, I don't know much about the context of the clip either, so I'm not making any vouch statement, but saying that he's been reading Spurgeon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so he's saying from, from his pulpit, if uh, I suppose, or from his, his stage, guys, I've been reading Spurgeon. Yeah. And you can almost see, like, the, his, his eyes are becoming saucers, you know? <laughs> it's a similar—when the door is open to the glory of God— That's right. —in a way that you've never encountered before, mm-hmm. I, you know, I think of, like, you know Jonathan Edwards, um, you know reading in First Timothy and 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 feeling like I had a sense of the glory of the divine being unlike any other sense I've yes, ever had before, yeah. and I wanted to be swallowed up into heaven. That's right. I think a lot of us have that you know experience, and Packer has been instrumental in that experience for so many people. Oh, without a doubt. I feel guilty because I'm a late comer to Packer's writing. There's no, um, you know, in 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 my kind of gospel wakefulness, you know, conversion or or seeing the big, you know, big God. This God is not like the God I've been worshiping, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, I, I would credit most singularly probably John Piper's preaching. Okay. Um, and and probably, you know, R.C. Sproul's books, maybe. Um, so I read Knowing God later. It didn't have the same impact on me as it did yeah. for those who are kind of like on the cusp of conversion or kind of on the cusp of, you know, uh, either coming to Reformed theology or just a greater sense of the glory of God. But I do have a Packer story okay. that's really yeah. um, one of the most meaningful moments in my life, which is a, a few years ago, I was working on a Bible study for Crossway in their series. They have this series called uh, uh, Knowing the Bible. It kind of parallels the the ESV study Bible, basically. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of just a way of of uh, you know helping people study the Bible in a gospel-centered way. There's little you know uh, notes on seeing the gospel themes in the text and those sorts of things. And I was asked to do Romans. And when I was first asked to do <laughs> Romans, I thought, do you have the right guy? Like, were you typing John, you know, Jay into your email? And it was supposed to John Piper and somehow Jared Wilson That's autofilled. Right, yeah. I actually got one of those emails this past week. And I was like, what is this all about? <laughs> and it was from a TGC guy. And he, and he made it to somebody. Else. He didn't say who it was for, but wow. I thought, I don't think this is for me. Anyway, so I thought maybe this isn't for me. It's, it's some other Jay that Crossway has. And no, Dane Ortland, who's the series editor there, uh, or general editor, he uh, he said, no, I mean you. And I was like, all right. So I start writing this thing on Romans. Well, J.I. Packer is the yeah. 
like the figurehead editor over this mm-hmm. thing, which I just thought meant he's lending his name to this project, right? <laughs> so finish the thing, send it in. You know, it's all it's all done. It's come out and everything. You know, it's already published. And I'm sitting with my friend Matt Caps, who he wrote the entry on Hebrews mm-hmm. once. We were just hanging out, and he mentioned because we were talking about that project, and he mentioned that Dane Orlin had sent him Packer's edits on oh, his wow. manuscript, his Hebrews manuscript. <laughs> And I thought, wait, that's a thing? Like, Packer yeah. actually read these? <laughs> Which immediately made me feel really like, oh, my word. Did he, like, yeah. he actually read me writing about Romans? That's ridiculous. And then, I, But then I thought, hey, I, what, I didn't get, he didn't send me my manuscript, you know? Yeah. And um, so I got really self-conscious and also um, a little envious that Matt had this, the, yeah, you know, this course. document. And I thought, okay, there could be a variety of reasons why Dane didn't send me that or think to send me that. It could be Packer didn't work on every, you know, you know, practically he didn't, you know, he didn't work on every book or something like that. Or the corrections were so numerous (laughs) (laughs) that he, you know, he did so much blood work on that, that it would have been an embarrassing thing and they they were trying to protect me. But I worked up the courage and I just said, hey, look, I was talking to Matt. He got, I'm wondering if you have the edits that Packer did on my manuscript. And man, homeboy Dane Ortland, he he overnighted this thing. FedEx oh, overnighted so it to me to my office here at Midwestern, and I pulled it out with fear and trembling and began to thumb through this manuscript. And thankfully, there wasn't a lot of heavy editing. There was just like little mm-hmm. dots and you know scratch marks here and there. And a, you know, a couple times he would adjust a word choice or suggest something else. And but it, you know it wasn't a heavy pen, I should say. Yeah. But then I came to this. Uh, Romans chapter 2, and in verse 4, where Paul says, it is God, in part, Paul says, it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. Mm-hmm. And I had written a little run on what is it that, you know, God's disposition towards us that, you know, prompts us to turn towards him. And I said um, something like in, in, in my manuscript, it's not his cajoling, you know, it's not mm-hmm. his, um, his leveraging or his pressure. I said, it's his kindness. And I you know, put a period at the end of the sentence. It's yeah. his kindness. That's what Paul says. And Packer, so I'm staring at this page. Packer drew a thin little line over the, over the period to turn it into an exclamation point. And he drew a little underline around it uh. to show. And I just stared at that. So essentially what he was saying is, like, no, it's not God's kindness. It's God's kindness. Oh, I love exclamation that. point. And brother, as I stared at that for the first time, Man. I just started weeping. Mm. Because I realized um, it, it took me back, first of all. It took me back to that, those sort of gospel wakefulness moments where um, I, I thought I was done mm-hmm. and I wanted to be done. Um, you know, I was done emotionally, um, but I, I, I was seriously thinking about checking out. And if you had come to me in that moment, in those dark moments, um, you know, 15 years or so ago and said, you know, one day Jaya Packer is going to be editing one of the things that you write. Um, I, I wouldn't have believed it. I, I could not have even have conceived of it. Mm-hmm. And so the combination of what God has done in my life um, in, in that moment where I was, and yes, it, it, it wasn't God's kindness, you know, boring that, that changed me. It was God's kindness, exclamation point, that brought me out yeah, of that amen. mire. And here was J.I. Packer instrumentally reminded me of that. And, it, and he had no idea. He, yeah. you know, he didn't know that, you know, the impact that. And it gets better because later I was telling the story to a friend, a very well-connected friend. 
And and I was telling him, and, and, I, and I think it was fresh. It probably had been like three or four days after I'd gotten this manuscript. And I said, man, I just got this thing. And like, I just started crying in my office reading this thing. And he says, well, why don't you tell him, you know, like tell Packard about this. And, uh, and I was like, oh yeah, you know, someday kind of thing. Like, yeah, whatever. Like I'm going to be in the same room with Packard. <laughs> and he goes, no, right now. And he pulls out his phone and he like, he says <laughs> to Siri, Siri, call J.I. Packard. <laughs> and I even know As what time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, he, you know, he's in Canada and, and, uh, so the next thing you know, I'm talking on the phone to J.I. Packer. <laughs> it was unbelievable. And it was probably, oh, three minutes long. It wasn't yeah. like we had a long, like, you know, how, you know, tell me your life story kind of thing. And I don't know that he knew who I was. <laughs> so I'm not trying to, like, pump myself up. Like, he was like, oh, Jared Wilson, who wrote the Roman study. Yeah. The I, boy who puts periods where he, exclamation he, that's should right. be. <laughs> <laughs> the punctuation loser, that guy. <laughs> No, and he um, he even said something like, "Oh, I work on so many things," or something like that. Which you know, is true. W- yeah. which was him apologizing for not knowing who yeah, I was, which was fine. He is a very prolific guy, mm-hmm. um, but it gave me kind of a, a a a peek behind the curtain because he endorses so much. He also endorsed one of my books, Gospel Deeps. Um, and the, the joke is, he doesn't read any of these things. Yeah, He's yeah, just yeah. like putting a stamp on stuff. But people who know him is like, no, at you know, as old and as frail as he was becoming, he really saw the need to be generous mm-hmm. with the upcoming generation. He really did read everything that he put his name on. He really, and I just find that um, instructive, mm-hmm. hugely encouraging and instructive. And he he was very kind. He, you know, he was an example of God's kindness to me yeah. on, on that phone call. Um, and that was just a few years ago. So wow. I think his his life, his legacy— um, can help us, especially as he he finished well, and not just because he had this great body of work. That's not what I mean by finishing yeah, well. Absolutely. But people who knew him, even in his, his latter days, as he became more unable to do, um, you know, even writing. His mm-hmm. his um, his eyes, you know, were degenerating to the point where he couldn't read. You know, all those sorts of things. But he still maintained his, you know, um, congeniality, mm-hmm. his friendship. And his desire to um, help others see Christ, right? To point people yeah. to the pasture lands, I think he That's said, right. which That's is right. such a great legacy as well. So let's talk about that. Let's just kind of segue into yeah. finishing well. Um, Ronnie, you're not a newcomer to ministry, but you're on the front end of, of your ministry, you'd say. So you're not a beginner, um, but you're on the front end. I'm, I guess I would say I'm on the back end as a middle-aged guy. Uh, sometimes <laughs> I don't like to think about that, but I just have to face up the fact that I'm on the other side yeah. of the midway point, more than likely. Um, so we're in kind of two, you know, opposite positions here. But I think we can each talk about finishing well mm-hmm. in in unique and, and and probably complementary ways. What are some things that you would say, or 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 things that you've determined for yourself, commitments maybe you've made, or things that you have your eyes on to say, I really want to finish well, whether yeah. the Lord yeah. takes me tomorrow <laughs> or in sixty years. Yeah, that's that's such a good question. And one of the things about Packer and that exact topic about finishing well is as a young guy, and I know being young doesn't make this more advantageous than any other age. We all need this. But honestly, I need people to finish well, to see that it can be done. Right. Because I feel like we're just in an era where that's just not happening often. And so to have, you know. Why do you think that is? I I don't mean to stop you, but if you could just. Say 90 seconds on that. Yeah, no, I think— Why is this era different, do you, th- yeah. do you think? 
I think there there are so many things that we that even you and I have covered in you know different episodes of this podcast that lend themselves this way that the the pressure of just kind of pastoral culture right now is is um, difficult the the propensity towards celebrity pastors okay. I think is difficult all of these kinds of things and even even if the numbers are not greater that men of God who are in ministry positions are falling. Maybe, maybe it's not even greater than it was historically. They just now have platforms and social media accounts that we see. Um, but, it, but it feels from a young minister's vantage point that finishing well uh, in terms of those who've had some kind of public impact is becoming uh, not the norm. And so to have someone like Packer who has had such a great, as great of an influence on me as he's had, and my wife, by the way, uh, she has the same kind of story with knowing the book Knowing God. Um, to see him finish well was really good for my soul. And so um, I, I have even told Kristen, you know, when, when different figures of the Christian faith pass away, it's going to be difficult. I knew R.C. Sproul was going to be difficult for me because he meant a lot to me as well. And, mm-hmm. the, the, you know, the day that that happens for, for Piper, that will be very difficult for me because yeah, he's me just too. such a hero to me. Um, and then, but Packers was probably going to be the hardest is what I told Kristen. I mm-hmm. said, whenever Packer goes... You know, it'll be a day of rejoicing and all that. I know all of those things, but it still will be hard yeah. because he's just meant so much for both of us. And we were actually with a group of friends um, when the news broke. And so I kind of, you know, pulled Kristen aside and kind of showed mm-hmm. her the news. And we both kind of went outside and took a, took a lap around the building we were in and kind of reminisced about exactly what we're doing right now, reminisced about what Packer means to us. And, and that was one of the things I told her is just his, his legacy finished well. And it's it finished in a way that I'm proud of as a major recipient of his of his work. And so even even with the body of work that you mentioned, Jared, you know, he finishes his life publishing things like Weaknesses the Way yeah. and Finishing Our Course with Joy. Um, and those those books are very helpful to me. And to answer your question, that is what I would want to the the kind of motifs that Packer found himself pressing into towards the end of his life are the things that I want to be pressing into. Uh, not, not just in the end of my life, but throughout yes. all of my ministry. Yes. Weakness, uh, pu- uh, Puritan holiness even, <laughs> um, graciousness and joy. Th- those are three themes. And, and just big God theology. Those are, those are three, four themes that I, I want to be pressing into as he was. Yeah. Uh, I'm of the same mind. Um, you know, we mentioned Dane Ortland earlier, but his new book, which just came out this year, Gentle and Lowly, it's very Packer-esque That's in, right. that, in that regard. And I've, I've come to you know, be recommending to pastors that they read that book and Packer's Weakness is the Way as yep. kind of a, you know, complementary, uh, um, you know, pairing because they do focus so much on things that are antithetical to the professionalization of ministry exactly and just the right. pace of, you know, Western life in general. I, I don't mean to just pick on pastors, but we're just, we suffer from hurry sickness, from noise sickness, and these fellows help us to slow down, cast our gaze on Christ, and really just drink that in, drink yeah, in the Word in right. and, and, and slow paces. Um, you know, Packer was was like an ent, kind of, you know, if you're familiar with the Lord of the Rings stories, <laughs> you know, the ents who, they move more slowly. It can be frustrating if you're just ready to go. You just want to move. You're, you know, you're ready to pop, and, and the ents aren't moving at your pace but they have ancient wisdom. Mm-hmm. That's Packer. He was yes, an int. Yeah. So an, an, an int has been felled yeah. um, you know, by time and, and the fallenness of creation. But we're glad that he is in glory. Um, 
you know, I think in terms of finishing well, one thing that I would say, especially to younger pastors, is to, to begin investing early. Don't wait until until you're old to start thinking about what do I do as an old pastor. Mm. Begin to think now. You're you're not promised tomorrow, but um, you know, work as though you're you want to build a legacy of faithfulness, and that means everything from investing in your family. Right? What good it would it be to grow a big church or have a big platform? If at year 10, 15, your, your wife is like, you know, you've neglected me now and, yeah. and your family's falling apart, that's not the way to do it, mm-hmm. right? Um, so begin in, investing in the things that ultimately matter, you know, including in your ministry life, which isn't, you know, sales and, and, and seats filled, but really, you know, people impacted and, um, you know, the gospel proclaimed faithfulness, everyday faithfulness, commit early on. Um, something that I've been trying to do now on the sort of the back end of this is something that I really was inspired to by Ray Ortland, um, which is to be passing the baton, to not wait till I'm old and have mm. the ministry mantle or whatever it is pried from my you know cold, dead fingers. <laughs> but to begin, um, even if you're not ready to let go quite yet, to begin you know, handing it off to that slow process, perhaps, of extending your arm back behind you. Mm. And, and helping the next generation coming up. And I think every pastor can think of ways to do that, whether it means you know, developing or investing in younger leaders, not being um, afraid or jealous of them. I think that's kind of the deal is a lot of guys my age are, are getting older. They feel like, I don't want to be put out to pasture. Yeah. I still got good years in me. If I invest in the younger guys, they're going to take my place r- real quick or you know, it'll be a newer model kind of thing. Don't be afraid of that. Um, r- really pour into them so that you're actually not so worried about yourself, but about your church. Mm. If you're concerned about the legacy of Christ-centeredness and the gospel in in your context, you won't be as concerned about your name. That's right. Or you know, and counterintuitively or ironically, that's the way to create a legacy yeah. for yourself is to kind of forget yourself yeah. in in mm. in that way. So that's something that that I've been trying to do or or implement with the residency and different things is just think, okay, I'm not ready to, you know, give up the reins yet. Um, I'm not a, you know, I'm not elderly or anything. I still think I got things to say and things to do, but I want part of what I'm doing and saying to be about building up those coming up behind me and not being worried about, mm-hmm. you know, if they're going to push me out or, or, or what have you. I think it's just a, you know, it's a great way to acknowledge your own, you know, finiteness, you yeah, know, your own that's right. finitude. That's a good word. And and to be pointing people to Christ is to say, you know, none of us is is anything, you know, as Paul would say, um, but Christ. Mm-hmm. So, you know, all the you know, all the more reason to be um, you know, establishing a legacy to finish well. Any other things you would say about finishing well, you think? No, I think that's good. I think what you said, um and even as you were talking, it's just that that process of finishing well you know, it does look different in certain stages, but ultimately it, it just looks like treasuring Christ. Yeah. And um, whether you're at the beginning of your ministry, the middle, or you know, the last yeah. days of, of your ministry, um, treasuring Christ above all is is always going to be the answer. Yeah. Isn't it the dream, right, to just be able to, you know, get to some ripe old age and, you know, you're just, you're in your easy chair, or you're, you're in your couch, <laughs> or in, in your bed. And and be able to say I ran the race. Yeah, I yeah. I fought the fight. Um, I think that can get you out of bed in the morning. That's right. Is is just thinking that's where I want to be, mm. and the way to get there is 
to be grinding in a in the good way um, every day. And part of it, I think, brothers, is just slowing down. Brothers and sisters, it would just be slowing down. Amen. And and not let the world dictate to you your your pace or the even the pace of your thinking, um, but let the word you know dwell richly mm-hmm. in you. Um, that's where it starts, that's I right. think. Yeah. Hey, we thank you for listening to this episode of the For the Church podcast. As always, if you enjoy what you hear, please tell your friends about us. Share the links on on social media. Give us a good review on iTunes. I haven't checked the reviews lately. I'm assuming there's a lot of glowing reviews. Uh, surely, yeah. Right? I mean, when I checked a few weeks ago <laughs> or a few months ago for the last, you know, the last time, um, I was really disappointed. There are people who just did not like uh, the podcast, and they and they say it. So when someone has a complaint, they give it. But if they don't, they yeah. just think, oh, I just enjoy it. If you enjoy it, please help us out. We we crave your <laughs> approval. I I need to see five star ratings on, yeah. on there. And good reviews. It it, it it helps me. I'm not a review checker. I, need, I guess I need to start doing that. No. I, I leave that to you, Jerry. And I don't think a lot of people, I'm I'm old school. I listen on on the iTunes or on the pod, the Apple podcast thing. Yeah, I kind of forget those ex- and, exist. Right, and most people yeah. I don't think do that anymore. Yeah, so right. I need to get with the times. So maybe that's what it is. It's just only disgruntled people are on there <laughs> and all the happy people are on. Well, what is it? All you Gen Xers are Spotify. Are like, what yeah, are they right. on? Yep. Okay. It's Spotify. That's where I listen to all the podcasts. Okay, good deal. Well, so. wherever you are, <laughs> whatever you're doing, lend us a hand if you enjoy what you hear. And as always, may Jesus be big in your church. You've been listening to the For the Church podcast, hosted by Jared Wilson, found online at ftc.co. This resource is brought to you by Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Kansas City, Missouri, where we train leaders for the church.